want to give you a brief review to bring us into the six words of today's message. Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray. He begins with how we ought to be addressing God. He says, Our Father in heaven. We discovered that these four words can be said and understood in three ways. First, our Father in heaven. With the word our, Jesus expresses an emphasis on community. And in the Bible account of creation, God first says in the chapter 1 of Genesis, after creating, he says, it is very good. And he's pleased. But shortly after that, in chapter 2, he says this, it is not good for the man to be alone. He wasn't just talking about a wife, though a wife comes from that conversation. He's talking about we're made for relationships. God made each of us and all of us for community. It is not good for a man or a woman to be alone. It's good to be in relationship with other people. Second, we can read those first four words, our Father in heaven. God is our Father by creation. He made us. He made all of us. God is also our Father by redemption. But note, that redemption had not yet occurred when Jesus gave this teaching. It happened shortly afterward. That redemption is meant for all of us, that holy and healthy intimacy of a parent and a child. God so loved the whole world, he wanted all redeemed. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would reach repentance. And third, we can read those four words, our Father in heaven. God our Father who is in heaven. Heaven, a place of perfection, a place of wholeness a place where all is well all the time, a place of eternity, a place of abundance, a place of holiness. God is our Father, personal by making us and redeeming us. But God is also holy. He is perfect. He is whole. He is eternal. He is the giver of life abundantly. And it's in that theme, God's holiness, that Jesus continues teaching us his prayer by acknowledging what God our Father in heaven, wants. Jesus declared that the first thing God wants is to more fully seek and express his holiness. So he teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name. When we ask God to hallow his name, we're really asking him to use us to hallow him. God wants us to be a genuine cause for people to appreciate God. Because we appreciate God. We express it by how we look how we feel, how we speak, and how we behave. The phrase I like to use to describe this is that we are good news people. We're to be good news people. People who others are delighted to see. Oh, I'm glad they showed up for this. Good news people. People who make a place better because we show up. People who ooze with the love, the health, the hope, and the presence of God. People who clearly place the spotlight of their lives on God. He's the one they point to by how they are. Hallowed be your name fits the first line of our vision statement as a church, that we be people who invite people to know God. We become infectious with God because he dwells in us, and we're delighted in that. As good news people, we are to be examples of our Father's character. 
Jesus continues acknowledging what God wants by praying, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his heavenly kingdom to come to earth. That's why he sent his son Jesus the Christ and why he said many times, The kingdom of heaven is very near. He was there. It was very near. God wants his kingdom, Jesus, to come to us personally. God wants us to be born from above. It's a personal connection with God made possible by the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. He also wants his will to be done among us as it is done in heaven. He wants his good news people to be examples of his will, his ways in living on the earth. He wants his will revealed in the life of his son Jesus to be lived out in our lives so that we begin to look more and more like him. We become like him. What is God's will? Oh, there's a whole sermon series. Suffice it to say, it's loving others. It's forgiving all. It's finding the lost. It's helping the hurting. That's what that is like. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Fits the second line of our vision statements, that we be people who inspire people to follow Jesus. That brings us to today's text. Join me in praying the following part of the Lord's Prayer, directly from Matthew 6, 9 through 11, in the New International Version. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Amen. Jesus now enters a new section of this prayer that will be filled up over the next three Sundays with what it is in terms of acknowledging what we need. We've done acknowledging what God wants. Now we're acknowledging, excuse me, what we need. Give us today our daily bread, something we need. There's an important and a very operative word in that line. Today. Today. Jesus is praying, provide for us today what we need for today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. Give us today our daily bread. In Luke's gospel, we find Jesus responding to a request. He's out on the plains of Israel, a request to teach his disciples to pray. And the prayer is similar to this one recorded in Matthew that we are working from in these four Sundays. But listen to this sentence from Luke. Give us each day our daily bread. Not just today, but each day, which helps us to think forward to include tomorrow, that day, and the day after that, that day too. But let me be clear. Jesus in Luke's gospel is not saying today to cover for tomorrow or the day after. He is still saying today. And when tomorrow becomes today, okay, that then that day too. And when the day after that becomes the today, then that day too. It's still intended to be for today, now, this period of time. Today, daily bread. 
Okay, I'm Captain Obvious now. Daily bread. Food. Are you with me? Food. Stuff to eat. Bread. Real bread. How many of you like whole wheat bread? I'm praying for you. How many of you like rye bread? Oh, there's my buddies. Now I'm going to hit the home run. How many of you like raisin bread? Oh, yes. And some of you are shaking your heads. Well, that's the delight of being different from each other and our uniqueness we can celebrate. It's about the gathering place for us after worship bread. Bread in fresh ways, muffins, cupcakes, brownies, cookies, bread in yummy form. How many of you are with me on that one? I've watched you week after week. It's devoured. You don't leave a lot of it left for us as staff during the week. It's all gone by the time you're all done scavenging through it. In the message translation, which I consider the Reader's Digest wordsmith of the Bible, and I don't mean that in a negative way, it's just a way I describe it for me. This sentence in the Lord's Prayer reads like this. Keep us alive with three square meals. That doesn't work for me. Does that work for you? The words don't flow so well, but the point is made. Jesus is referring to more than simply bread. This request is for God to provide the food we need to thrive and survive. Real bread, real food, real nourishment for today. In the Bible, we find the words daily bread together only two more times. Listen to what King Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Proverbs 30, verse 8. Solomon was wise. He knew that daily bread was necessary both to sustain and to nourish us for living. Daily bread truly matters in the literal sense. But are we to understand that daily bread is about bread alone? In the book of Job, we find the fourth time daily bread is found in the Bible. Listen to what is written. I have treasured the words of his mouth, that is the teachings of God. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Job 23, 12. There's something more than merely bread. In the Old Testament, Moses is speaking with the gathered nation of Israel, recounting all they had experienced together. They'd been set free from slavery in Egypt. He had parted the sea before him so that they could travel through to dry land on the other side and walking on dry land where the sea had been only moments before. They spent 40 years in the wilderness and he gave them water out of a rock and God provided manna every morning that they just needed to gather for the day. Listen to what Moses tells them. God humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Jesus quoted these words of Moses at the beginning of his ministry. 
In Matthew 4, we read, The tempter came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread, which he could have done. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 3 through 4. Our daily bread is not merely bread alone. It is real bread, but it is more. Our daily bread is also the bread of life. In the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus is on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. The day before, he had performed the miracle of feeding 5,000 people on the resources of a young boy's bag lunch. And it says that everyone was satisfied. Later that evening, Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray, and the disciples began to row their boat back to the other side of Galilee. In the middle of the night, Jesus comes walking to them on the water. That was when Peter stepped out of the boat for a moment, stood on it, and then sank. It's the next day. They're all back on land on the other side of Galilee, and once again a crowd has gathered. Listen to what happened as I read from John chapter 6, beginning in verse 28. Jesus was asked, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John six twenty-eight to 35. That's it. That's it. Jesus declares the ultimate understanding of daily bread that he gave the disciples to pray about. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The early church gives us a wonderful example of how the daily bread in its fullest sense can be experienced in our life together. Listen to what Acts 2 2 reveals to us. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They got their bread as they worshiped. They got their bread as they gathered in each other's homes. Part of the work of our dream team is to develop with us and among us small group ministry where we meet in our homes together to study the bread of life, to pray for each other, to support one another, to encourage each other. Our goal is at the end of this year 
I believe it's at least 25% of us will belong to a small group and be practicing what the early church did in Acts 2, verse 46. But this kind of behavior is already going on here, and many of you are involved in it. I want to point it out, and I want to invite those of you who aren't yet involved to consider. Today at 11, Christian formation classes begin. We have three of them to help you get the bread of life in a fresh and strong way. If you're a part of it, you know how wonderful it has been for you. If you're not a part of it, try it out. It's as yummy as the gathering place bread that you'll get before it begins. Wednesday nights at 6.30, to help you get the bread of life, there's a Bible study every week. I encourage you to come even before that to a prayer time. Jessica, it's at 6, right? At 6 o'clock to gather and pray for each other and for the church and then to be a part of the Bible study at 6.30. There are devotional helps we make available to you all the time. This is one of them. This is the Covenant Home Altar. And in it there's a scripture and a brief presentation for each day. Each one of those is a day. There's four on a page. An opportunity to just be close to God. And there's other resources besides this, but this is one that the covenant produces for us. In addition to that, and these are located in the Welcome Center out in front. In addition to that, there's the missionary prayer calendar. And as you go through this, there are missionaries, two or mission fields, two every day to pray for. You get to know a little bit about the missionaries, where they serve, what churches they come from, what they're doing. And if you came to visit them, what they'd like to show you, it's a wonderful opportunity to get to know and pray for the missionaries that we have sent all over the world. These are ways to help get the daily bread that God is looking for, providing for us. It's what we need. If you want to have a healthy life, if you want to have a healthy Christian life, Your involvement in daily bread learning is absolutely essential. And we encourage it. Seek to make it possible. Now, for the last several weeks, we've had people signing up for dining around. Is it closed? Can they still sign up? It's closed? All right, we're going to have a revolution. There is nothing more profound than dining around for getting to know each other and developing a way of encouragement and resources and prayer for each other. We were at one this last year, and we had a delightful time, didn't we, Fran? We did. And it's time for that to happen. Now, I guess it's closed. So if you want to be a part of dining around, it's closed. Come see me. I'll get you on another list. Because it's a wonderful opportunity to experience a regular way of the bread that we share as a meal together, but also the bread of God as we talk about our walk with Jesus and pray for each other and come to know each other more deeply. If those aren't enough options, the one that's a big one around here is what happens right after church. We call it fellowship. What it really means is coffee and cookies and cakes, and today there's little hot dogs and barbecue sauce. and now I've lost you all now. That's the end of the message for most of you. 
Because people sit around tables and we talk to each other. We share our life with each other. We talk about, that was good. Did you try that? No, I didn't try that. I got to go try that now. And that's also what we talk about God. Here's what God's been doing in my life. Well, I haven't tried that. I need to give that a shot. And we build each other up in those moments if we take it seriously as a way to get our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. God wants to do that. It's what we need. And we can take advantage of the opportunities the church is providing for that to happen in our lives. I encourage it. Christian formation, Bible study, devotional helps, dining around, fellowship in the gathering place. Bless you. It's a simple message. We acknowledge that we need our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. I invite you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you are willing to repeat after me, I have a prayer for us this morning. Choose to participate if you wish. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name in us. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come in us. Your will be done. Your will be done by us. Give us today our daily bread. Bread for food and the bread of life. Amen.